The passage um, I want to read for my prepared message is out of Matthew 11, verses 28 to 30. I'm, I'm betting that this is a familiar passage to many of you. Uh, you could probably even say it uh, by heart, at least portions of it. Matthew chapter 11, verses 28 to 30. Come to me, all you who are struggling hard and carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Put on my yoke and learn from me, and I'm gentle and humble, and you will find rest for yourselves. My yoke is easy to bear, and my burden is light. Of course, those are the words of Jesus speaking to those around him, and particularly his disciples, and particularly those who um, seek to follow him. This past week, I shared a post on Facebook, and I was somewhat struck by the response in a good way, but I was curious because the post seemed to scratch that proverbial itch, or as Quakers often like to say, it seemed to speak to the condition of many. Now, some of you may remember it was a post that I, 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 I wrote about overload and rest. And as, as I reflected on it, my thoughts went in two directions. First, I'm, not the, I'm obviously not the only one experiencing this or this sense of overload. And second, there's a lot more folks experiencing this than I realized or I even anticipated. Again, this sense of overload, this sense of, of lacking rest. Took me back to a few years ago when I came across uh, an author by the name of Dr. Richard Swenson. In fact, I actually brought him into town when I was uh, pastoring at Archdale Friends and, and had him come do um, a weekend speaking engagement with Springfield Friends Meeting. And he wrote a book uh, titled Margins. And basically, as a medical doctor, he began noticing how his patients, and even in his own life, they were living what he would call marginless and overloaded lives. Now, if you think of a margin, think of that space between the edge of a paper and when a sentence begins, or between when a sentence ends and the edge of the paper. That's called your margin. And what Dr. Swenson basically was saying, what he was seeing, was that people were literally reducing the amount of margin in their life or the amount of space in their life. And all of, most of the time, or all the time, or or a huge part of the time, we need that space to recover. We need that space to replenish. We need margin in our life to allow us to be able to rest, to replenish, and to live well. And what Dr. Swenson was noticing was we were reducing that amount of margin in our life. Basically, we were going from one thing to the next, to the next, to the next, and we were literally li living overloaded lives. Now, What's interesting about this is this book was written back in 1998, and here we are in 2020, and I don't think much has changed. In fact, I would imagine that our lives feel even more overloaded. And that's really what my Facebook post was about, was living these loaded lives or feeling heavily loaded, as the scripture says that I read in Matthew 11. Now, ever since I came across Dr. Swenson's work, I've been impacted by this awareness that we were not meant or we were not designed or created to live marginless and overloaded lives. And I want, to, I want us to hear that very carefully. We were not designed and created to live that way. That is not God's intent. 
But yet, we keep pushing ourselves to take on more than we were designed. We keep pushing ourselves to take on more than we can bear. And we literally are finding our souls are, are, are sort of weighing or bowing under the load of everything that's going on. Now, I want to just look briefly at a few forms of overload that I personally identified and maybe you can identify with in your life. And these are some that I shared on my Facebook post, but I've added just a couple more. I'm just going to go through these very briefly. The first is stress overload. This is when we're feeling overwhelmed with life, uh, which includes trying to cope with the pandemic as well as, as well as dealing with job issues, worrying about family, living with an uncertain future. And there may be other stressors uh, in your life as well that add to this load. I'm often reminded of the term stress fracture in which tiny cracks occur in the bone due to repetitive force or overuse. And I sometimes think there are stress fractures in our life or stress fractures in our soul due to this overload that we're carrying that ends up fracturing things like our relationships or fracturing our faith or even fracturing our emotional strength and our resilience. So there is stress overload. There's anger overload. We feel like an angry society. We have what's called outrage culture. And we're loaded down with agitation and we're loaded down with frustration and often our sense of not being able to control life is what loads us down with that frustration which then turns into anger and then consequently we unload this anger on others and often it's in our closest relationships and often it's in our conversations with others and right now because we're sort of sequestered in and we're separated from one another often our anger comes out um, in social media, whether it's, it's Instagram, sometimes Twitter, mostly Facebook, but we have this, this, this anger, we have this outrage, and we feel overloaded with this agitation or this inability to control anything. And in this inability to feel like we can control anything, we get frustrated. There's a grief overload. I think many are feeling sadness and loss uh, during the season. Some have lost loved ones and friends due to death, while others have lost jobs or businesses have shut down. Um, some have missed out on significant events and milestones. Uh, again, <laughs> graduations, uh, weddings, uh, family gatherings, special trips, whatever they may be. And these can be little piles of grief, which just keep piling and piling up in our souls. And eventually it becomes a sort of overloaded sense of grief. And it can even cause us to be depressed and it weighs us down and we feel the weight of this sadness. So that's grief overload. There's expectation overload. And this is a feeling we have when we feel loaded down with expectations. And some of these expectations can be external and have to do with responsibilities in our life connected with work or family or other areas. And some of these expectations are internal and self-imposed. That feeling of never being able to do enough or the feeling that maybe we're letting someone down or the feeling that we need to do more and so we just keep loading those expectations on ourselves. and I'll also add that the ex expectations we may experience may have to do around a cause or an issue um, there's many causes and issues that are good there's many that are important there's many that speak to our hearts and call for our attention and call for our engagement sometimes we feel like we may have to be active in all of them or Sometimes we may feel like we're not doing enough or we need to do more and we feel guilty if we don't engage in them. And this just adds to our overwhelmed feeling of expectations and so we have expectation overload. There's anxiety overload and this is simply what it says. We feel weighed down and overloaded with anxiety and worry which often is this, this sense of not feeling as if we have any control over life 
or the future, and it feels uncertain. It's this sort of what they call restless dread, restless dread over the future, but we don't know how to fix it because we can't fix the future. We can't control the future, and so we just have this kind of low-grade anxiety that just keeps piling and piling and piling up at us. And it's really hard to take one day at a time. We may take one week, one month, three months, a whole year at a time, and of course, when anxiety really just is overloading us, we're always thinking about the what-ifs and we're catastrophizing. And then there's emotional overload. And I purposely shared this one last because our emotional overload has to do, I think, with all the other overloads. Stress, anger, grief, expectation, anxiety. And we add to those feelings our own sense of guilt and shame and failure that we're not doing enough or that we've let someone down or we, we let life down or we... We can't take much more of these overloads. And when I think of our emotions, I think of what we store up in our soul, what we store up in our psyche. Now, we can identify pain externally really well. If something hurts on the outside or we cut ourselves, we bruise ourselves, even if we break a bone, we can maybe see it swelling up. But it's often much harder to identify this internal pain, this inward pain, the pain of the soul, the woundedness, the hurt. And so we just tend to numb out or we distract ourselves, or we avoid feeling altogether. And when we do that, we end up staying away from self-awareness and really being able to, to, to be aware and understand what it is we're experiencing and what it is we're feeling. Now, you could probably name your own overload, and maybe none of those speak to you, or maybe that doesn't work for you. But, but I would say that if we took a, just a very close look at our lives, we would find some way, some some experience, some category in which we are feeling overload in our life right now. I read Matthew eleven twenty-eight to 30. And this passage, again, is a very familiar one, but maybe it's too familiar to us. And for that reason, I think we sometimes miss this radical message it has for us. In this context of Matthew 11, there are those who are wondering who Jesus really is. Is he the promised one? Is he the one who is to come, as John the Baptist asks, or should we look for another? And in that chapter, Jesus essentially says this, look around you. The blind are able to see, the crippled are walking, skin diseases are being cleansed, the deaf hear, the dead are raised up, the poor have good news proclaimed to them. In other words, Jesus says, look around you. People are, be people are being restored to life, not just physical life, but people are being restored to life, to living again, a sense of an abundant life in which they are experiencing healing and wholeness. Life is being restored to them, and people and humanity are flourishing again. In Jesus' words in Matthew 11, 28, 30, in that context, it's not just this simple self-help, feel-good Pinterest quote. It's this radical reorientation of our lives in which we literally, literally share the load we carry with Jesus, and we learn from Jesus who to be and how to live, and what we learn from Jesus is not a burden to our life, but it is life-giving. Now here, again, is what Jesus said or wrote. Come to me, all you who are struggling hard and carrying heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Put on my yoke and learn from me. I am gentle and humble, and you will find a rest for yourselves. My yoke is easy, and my burden is light. Now remember, again, 
Jesus' intent, God's intent for creation is to give us life, is to, is to help us to live, not just physically, that's important, uh, but to live in a way that is holistic, in which we are experiencing aliveness and peace and joy. And the word I always use is that of flourishing. So here's some takeaways I want to suggest um, based on this passage, um, intersecting with this idea of overload. First is this. Jesus invites, I believe, you and I to come to him when we are struggling and carrying these heavy loads, whatever they may be, however you would name them. And I think that's counterintuitive because we often try to struggle on our own. We often try to fix it for ourselves rather than seek help. That's kind of our rugged individualism. That's kind of our can-do attitude. That's kind of our pull ourselves up by our bootstraps. We're going to fix this. I can do this. I'll just plow right through. Just add more stuff on. Throw more stuff on. I can take it. But Jesus invites us to come to him when we're struggling and carrying these heavy loads and invites us to allow him to share the load with us. So one thing I would invite us to do, invite you to do, is to maybe reflect just a few moments and ask yourself, so what, what is overloading you? What feels heavy for you? What is this heavy load that you're carrying? And then just realize that you don't, I don't have to carry this alone. This is really part of what it means to live in the way of Jesus, is to allow him to share the load with us and we share the load with him. I want to suggest that Jesus invites us to learn from him, to yoke ourselves to his life. And immediately, I think of that wonderful phrase Quakers have, Christ has come to teach his people himself. Often we yoke ourselves to other people's expectations and judgments, evaluations and opinions, but we're invited to learn from Jesus because there's no one who knows our condition better than the living Christ who dwells within us. And to learn from Jesus is to learn to live in such a way that gives us life, that brings us life, that breathes life into us so we can breathe life back into this world. I didn't grow up on a farm. I didn't do much farming. But as I understand a yoke, it's what you put on a couple oxen so that they could share the load together, that one didn't have to do all the work, that they shared the load. It made the load much easier. It made the load much lighter, and they could share that load. And literally, in this way, Jesus is... For us, Jesus wants to affirm our life. Jesus wants to affirm our humanity. And in that same way, Jesus says, I want you to learn from me so you know how to live and how to live well and how to live a life that is abundant and a life that frees you from always feeling like you have to carry these heavy loads all by yourself. I want to suggest that Jesus invites us to experience his gentleness. And I often find that I'm often harder on myself than Jesus is or would be. So if we know that Jesus seeks to be gentle with us, then maybe it really frees us up to be gentle with ourselves and then to be gentle with others. And maybe the best way that we can be the presence of Jesus during this season is to be gentle and humble with others the way Jesus is gentle and humble with us. This is, right, this is what I wrote on my Facebook post. Quote, someone once said or wrote, in life, you can never be too kind or too fair. Everyone you meet is carrying a heavy load. Now, at the end of my Facebook post uh, this past week, I wrote these words, and I just want to share them as I wrote them, all right? It's during these seasons I try to remember two things. First, I try to remember that other folks are carrying these heavy loads, and they certainly don't need me loading on them more guilt, frustration, 
stress, anger, or anxiousness. So how can I help lift their load and ease their burden? Second, I try to keep in my heart these very words of Jesus. Come to me, all you who are struggling hard with heavy loads, and I will give you rest. Jesus doesn't want to add to our heavy load with a bunch of shoulds and oughts, but instead desires to gift us with a sense of rest that permeates our hearts and our souls. And we rest from performance, and we rest from pretending, and we receive the loving care and encouragement Jesus offers. And finally, maybe before we take things too personally from one another, let's try to remember that we're all, we're all carrying some pretty heavy loads right now. So let's give each other grace. Let's offer each other grace. Let's make life less of a competition. Let's make life less of a verbal conquest. Let's make life less of a contest of opinions and words and more of a collaboration of life and kindness and mercy and grace and patience. Writer and spiritual teacher Joyce Rupp offers these words. We are not promised that our burdens will be immediately lifted, but that we will be given rest. Heartache may, re may remain. Physical and emotional pain persist. Troubling concerns linger and financial deficits continue. And in the midst of what is not quickly changed or lessened, Jesus offers the gift of abiding peace, a comfort and a strength of helpful proportion are waiting to infuse our spirit if we ease ourselves into the divine embrace and if we let go of our tight hold on how we insist life ought to be. Jesus invites us, I'm with you, come, sit beside me, lean your head on my shoulder. You don't have to do or say anything. Let my love slip inside your heart and I will give you rest. Friends, let's take just a few moments and consider these words of Jesus. Consider our own heavy loads. Um, consider what we may be carrying and we want to let go of. Consider maybe how we can just simply live our lives as best as we can in the presence and rest of Jesus. And consider that maybe, maybe we have to in some way or need to let go of our tight hold on how we insist life ought to be. I'm not always thrilled on how life is right now. I'm not always thrilled on what has happened. In fact, I'm never really thrilled about it. And sometimes I want life to be different. And I wish it were different. And sometimes I say to myself, well, I'm just tired of this pandemic. I'm done with it. Or all the other issues that surround us. But that doesn't change matters. It doesn't change things because often it still exists, at least for now. And so in these moments, as Joyce Rupp says, if we let go of our tight hold on how we insist life ought to be, we ease into the divine embrace of Jesus. As Jesus invites us, I'm with you, come sit beside me. Lean your head on my shoulder. You don't have to do or say anything. Let my love slip inside your heart, and I will give you rest.